Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Monday, August 29th. I'm Jonathan All, in for Wayne Pratt. Next-Gen Silica wants to mine sandstone on a 249-acre plot of land in southeast Missouri. But locals there are still living with the toxic aftermath of centuries of lead mining. And now they're worried how a different kind of mine will impact their health. I don't want my daughter to be where it's like, okay, let's come and sample and let's monitor the children's health in St. Genevieve County. Like, I don't want our county to be the study. I don't want any county to be the study. Niara Savage of the Midwest Newsroom will have that story coming up here on The Gateway. When the Missouri legislature reconvenes in little more than a week, it will be the first gathering of the Missouri Senate since the dissolution of the Conservative Caucus. As St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Kellogg reports, one senator says there are still fences to be mended. Citing results from the August 2nd primary, the former Conservative Caucus said there is enough electoral support for their policies that the group is no longer needed and all Republicans should run under one banner. However, despite offering what the caucus called an olive branch, sudden harmony after years of tension between Senate Republicans seems unlikely. Senator Lincoln Huff, who was not a member of the Conservative Caucus, said the proof will be in what happens ahead. If there's an olive branch that is extended, but then also has, you know, kind of a veiled threat that is, if we don't get the leadership that we want, all bets are off, then we're kind of back to where we were. Huff also said there are still hard feelings from the primary after six Republicans, none of them members of the former caucus, faced primary challengers. I'm Sarah Kellogg, St. Louis Public Radio. A new state law that took effect Sunday means college athletes in Missouri can get some help in benefiting from their name, image, or likeness. St. Louis Public Radio's Rachel Lippman reports. Last year, Lawmakers gave student-athletes the right to strike financial deals with companies that want to use their name, image, or likeness in advertising. The measure adopted this year says coaches or other university employees can now tell athletes about possible money-making opportunities. Those employees cannot benefit financially from the deals or be acting as an athlete's agent. Kyle Motes is the athletic director at Missouri State University in Springfield. He hopes coaches will have enough integrity to work in the best interest of their athletes. We all know that there's sometimes that doesn't always happen the way it's supposed to, but I believe in the profession that they should do and will do the right thing. Moat says 30 to 40 athletes at the school have signed NIL deals since last year. I'm Rachel Lippman, St. Louis Public Radio. The Illinois Farm Bureau is debuting a new online marketplace to cut back on food waste. The Donations and Discounts Depot will connect local farmers who have extra produce with food banks and other nonprofits who are in need of food. Rogella Scavuzzo is the Associate Director of Food Systems Development for the Illinois Farm Bureau and heads the new program, which she says builds on previous pilot versions. We knew we need better reporting, invoicing, and ways to tell people that the product is out there. So that's how this program was built. Scavuzzo says Illinois is the first state to launch this platform, and she hopes to expand the program in the future. Interested farmers and nonprofits can learn more at ilfb.org. More Illinois cannabis dispensaries are voting to unionize. Alex Degman reports. Shops in Springfield, Marion, and East Dubuque recently voted to join United Food and Commercial Workers Union Local 881. 
Six dispensaries in Illinois have voted to unionize so far. Local 881 field organizer Ian Spath says cannabis industry workers are looking for better wages, health care, and stability. He says more stability starts immediately after unionization. Employers could no longer fire workers at will. company can't just pull the rug out from underneath workers without a justified legal reason to do so. Spath is confident the cannabis industry will embrace unionization. He points to Ascends, two stores in Springfield as an example. One location voted to unionize and the company voluntarily recognized the other store. I'm Alex Stegman. Residents in southeast Missouri are still living with the toxic repercussions of the lead mining industry, even though the last lead mine in the old lead belt closed in 1972. Now a different kind of mine, silica, wants to move in, but residents fear history could repeat itself. The Midwest Newsroom's Niara Savage reports. Pickle Creek runs two miles through St. Genevieve County's sandstone valleys in Missouri. The clear stream is lined with flowering shrubs and is home to 20 native fish species. Neighbors are worried the health of the waterway and its surroundings could change if next-gen silica gets full approval to mine sandstone on a 249-acre plot of land. We want to raise our kids in like this beautiful outdoorsy environment with farm life and all these things, and then now we have this potential threat to our children's like health and development. Lifelong St. Genevieve resident Jillian Ditch Anslow is mom to a 14-month-old daughter. She started Operation Sand to fight back against the mine. Anslow lives less than a quarter of a mile away from the mine's proposed entrances. She and her neighbors don't have to look far to see the devastating effects of mining on a small town. St. Genevieve sits in an area known as the Old Lead Belt, where mining went on for centuries. There is literally a super fun site setting in the middle of town that they can't walk now that for decades it was just loose, flowing lead everywhere. That's St. Francis County resident Samantha Danielli, who grew up in the area. When mining ended in the old lead belt, several large areas of mine wastes were left behind. Years of blowing winds and runoff from rain have supercharged the toxins' reach. Jason Gunther is with the Environmental Protection Agency and oversees remediation work in the Big River Mine Tailing Superfund site, including St. Francis County. This material also sat above these towns. Some of these piles were 300 feet above the the neighboring towns, you know, and they would blow. Not just, uh, not just gravel-sized material either, also much finer material. He estimates the soil on 5,000 properties in St. Francis County has been contaminated by lead. Natural levels of lead in soil typically range from 50 to 400 parts per million. But on the Superfund site... It's not uncommon to see some that are above 2,000 parts per million. Remediation work is expected to end in 2030. Meanwhile, locals are worried about how the lead contamination affects their crops. Jeff Wenzel is with the Bureau of Environmental Epidemiology with the Missouri Department of Health and Senior Services. We see uptake in plants, especially plants like, like kale, those green plants, they can live multiple years or come back year after year, especially can have a pretty high lead accumulation. There is no safe level of lead for the human body, according to the World Health Organization. When it comes to silica, direct exposure is associated with lung conditions like silicosis. Bobby Shaw is a pulmonologist at St. Luke's Hospital in Chesterfield, Missouri, a little more than an hour north of the proposed next-gen mine. We definitely have known for decades that silica itself is harmful to the lungs. 
you know, the people most at risk for exposure are the ones that are directly working with it, with the miners, sandblasting, cutting stone. He says more research is needed on how a silica mine might affect nearby communities. Back in St. Genevieve, Jillian Anslow, who leads Operation San, wants to keep her town from becoming a case study for how silica mining impacts human health. I don't want my daughter to be where it's like, okay, let's come and sample and let's monitor the children's health in St. Genevieve County. Like, I don't want our county to be the study. I don't want any county to be the study, right? Right now, NextGen is challenging an ordinance prohibiting new mines from opening within a half mile of schools, towns, churches, and public wells. General Manager Clark Bollinger says NextGen has a plan to mitigate the mine's impact on local residents. The company must still receive water and air permits from the state. For the Midwest Newsroom, I'm Niara Savage. That story comes to us from a collaboration between the Missouri Independent and the Midwest Newsroom investigating levels of lead in children. The Gateway is a production of St. Louis Public Radio News. We are a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. I'm Jonathan All, in for Wayne Pratt, and from the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this has been The Gateway. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at choosewood.com.